reading from the grapevine. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Today's stories come from the November 2022 issue. Tubing, a big splash. When I was drinking, I thought this was the ultimate cooler for the dog days of summer. Lying on inner tubes, my friends and I would float for hours down the local river. The beer had its own tube, so we were never far from our liquid good times. Though those good times often led to vomiting after the first stretch of white water, I couldn't wait to do it all over again. After a few more years of this kind of drinking, I crawled into AA. A growth opportunity soon presented itself to me in the form of a tubing trip that friends from my home group were planning. I didn't want to go because I was always had been drunk while tubing. I thought I had to sneak beer just to be able to socialize. But my sponsor told me, Sobriety is progressive, too. I had learned that following directions allow the best in me to surface, even if only for a short time. When I had the courage to face a fearful event like my fourth step, for example, deep down I felt I had no courage, yet I was sober and had made it to the other side of step four. A quiet gratitude to God began to take root in me. I now had the opportunity to learn from past successes. If I didn't drink while doing the fourth step, I wouldn't have to drink on this tubing trip either. My sponsor calmed my racing mind. She told me to go tubing and have a good time. Learning to socialize was just another fearful event for me. So with grim determination and the social skills of a clam, I decided to go tubing and have a good time, even if it killed me. I was uncomfortable until I saw the friendly faces of the people in my group. I grabbed my tube and plunged into the water. I recall laughing throughout the day a lot. There were jokes, teasing, hamburgers, hot dogs, and plenty of soda. Once I entered the water, I didn't even think of my prior tubing drunks. Freedom. AA had taught me that past events could be redefined in occasions for fun. AA had taught me how to live. This is from Kathy R. from North Carolina, January 2002. Thank you, Kathy. Fernando, alcoholic. One time I went to an AA convention up in... uh, Honolulu, Oahu, and they had on the uh, Broadster, they had um, surfboard AA meeting, 6 in the morning, right by Diamond Head. And I thought, $5. I thought, wow, I want to do that. So I went over there 5 in the morning, actually 6 in the morning, 5 bucks, to rent your your 10-foot-tall surfboard. 
And they said, meet at the statue. So I was there. I was the first one at the statue there. And it was a dark, dark night. I mean, it was really dark. No moon, hardly any stars. I don't know why, but it was just pitch dark. When I got there, another person approached it with his hands in his pocket, kind of shivering. And he says, is this where they're going to have the surfboard meeting? And I said, yes. He goes, I never been on a surfboard. I said, me neither. This is the first time for me too. So we both exchanged names and he was a newcomer, two, three months sober. And here I had the chance to make a friend and we did. Finally, a third person came and it seemed like the lady was in a nightgown. You know, it just didn't seem like she... Just got up and came to the to the meeting with, you know, very little on. And we thought, wow, this is going to be strange. So when it started to get in light, more and more people came. They got the surfboards. We didn't know what to do. I'm holding on to my surfboard. I placed my phone and my belongings, you know, under one of the little tables there, wondering if it was going to be okay. And... Lo and behold, we saw that lady that came first jump on the surfboard and started paddling like a turtle out into the middle, about a quarter mile out. And I followed. And he followed. And we just followed the, 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 what was right in front of us. We went out to the meeting. We had a great time. There was about 27 people from all over the world from Italy, Australia, and we're all sitting in our surfboards, bobbing up and down, and the beautiful sunrise coming up, and we have all our readings on plastic and covered, and everybody shared, and it was a wonderful meeting. And to this day, I still have my buddy's name, Rick. We saw him through the conference. We laughed, had a great time. Just an amazing, amazing uh, event that I hold dear to my heart. Amen. All right, moving along with our next story. A Matter of Prayer by Terry R. from Melbourne, Florida. This morning, I started my usual daily reading in the chapter Into Action in our big book and stopped after reading this paragraph. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. It would be easy to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. As I reread it and meditate upon it, several thoughts came up in my mind. That's what happens when I meditate. Why would anyone be shy about prayer and meditation? Was I shy about prayer and meditation? The answer is yes. To my old way of thinking, the practice of prayer and meditation was a sign of weakness. Only old people and ministers prayed. Only gurus on mountaintops meditate. As a strong, successful drinking man, it was not an option I would consider. I'd be too embarrassed if anyone found out. Better men than we are using it constantly. 
This suggested that there are better men than me. Could it be? It wasn't until I realized how sick I was that I understood that I could be better. It was not until I was humbled by the reality of my circumstances that I gained the humility to understand that I needed to get better. It wasn't until I saw better men than we around the rooms of AA that I realized I wanted what they had. How? How did these men and women get it? Did it fall from the sky? Did they learn it on Sunday school? Did they find it in the self-help section of at a bookstore? Where they heal at a fancy Malibu rehab? I don't think so. The answer lies in the next sentence. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So it takes two things, proper attitude and work. Where does one find guidance on this proper attitude thing? I had had enough of the vague suggestions. Pray about it. Get your act together. Grow up. These did not offer any help. There was nothing in those suggestions that would change my attitude nor allow me to work at it. It would be easy to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. Ah, that's what I needed. Definite and valuable suggestions. Where had they been hiding all my life? Turns out they were hiding in plain sight, distilled from the thoughts and writings of an ancient manuscript down to a couple of paragraphs I could understand, apply, and work on them. I read it for myself in the chapter into action. It's all there. What to do when I wake up and what to do when I go to bed. What to do when I face indecision or when agitated or doubtful. Now I had to set my sights on working on these suggestions to change my attitude. At least now I had some tools and guidance, definite and valuable suggestions I needed. Indeed. Definite and valuable suggestions. Indeed. I'll think I'll pray and ask for guidance first. Terry R. from Melbourne, Florida. Thank you, Terry. Thank you very much for coming on today's reading. Let's go ahead and pray out with the seven-step prayer, please. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It works.